We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On this episode of Drinks with Thinks, we are locked and loaded on the NBA as we look toward the playoffs with former NBA champ Channing Frye. He chats about how the Knicks look for real, what would surprise us most about LeBron James, and what his nickname for Nikola Jokic would be. Frye has a wine label called Chosen Family Wines, but we both opted for some coffee and tea today. It was a bit of a big weekend for both of us. Everything in moderation, right? This is Drinks with Thinks. Welcome on in to Drinks with Banks. I'm Julie Stewart Banks, and we're rolling along talking about hoops here on the show because if you're a fan of the NBA, you know business is good when the New York Knicks are relevant. But even beyond the Knicks, there have been so many incredible storylines as we look toward the NBA playoffs. And I'm excited today to be able to welcome on a guest who knows exactly what it's like to be in the NBA playoffs, also knows what it's like to be a New York Knick, and also knows what it's like to to hoist the illustrious NBA title, and that is none other than Channing Fry. Channing, welcome on into Drinks with Binks. I want to toast to you uh, an incredible career on the court and now off the court as a media savant. So we are sipping Ooh. on a little tea and coffee. How are you doing today? Ooh, I'm great. I've never been called a media savant before. I've been called some names. It just never survived. <laughs> <laughs> Were you, you're working your way up the world at uh, TNT, NBA TV. You know, you, you have your road tripping podcast. You've been, you've got your fingers in all these different media pies. How's it been going? Uh, it's been fun, busy, but fun. I think for me, um, you know, after I, after I retired from basketball, I just, you know, wanted to stay close to it. And, um, you know, they have the opportunity, opportunity to, uh, work at Turner. Um, they give me some different platforms. And then um, just uh, being able to have a podcast is fun. Uh, we've been doing that with Rich and Allie for, I think, six years now, five, six years. So wow. um, just, you know, just talking hoops. There's so many storylines. It's endless. It's endless amount of storylines each year. And Every year is different. Okay, so one of those storylines, we got to talk to you about the New York Knicks. We mentioned that they are mm. really just uh, in a great spot right now. They've, um, they've, I guess, exceeded expectations for this season in particular. When, when you look at them, is this squad for real? So right now, the, the Knicks are very relevant, and they are very for real. Um, I think the biggest thing in the NBA to have success, you have to have culture. 
Um, and you have to have good communication between your star player, your coach, and your upper management. And I think they have that. Uh, I think they built a team around Tibbs uh, that's hungry. And, I, and, and honestly, I think the team represents New York style of people. Um, mm. And at the end of the day, they play defense. Nobody in this league right now plays defense, but they do on a nightly basis, and it gives them a chance. They're not the greatest scorers, but they work their butt off on defense, and, and it's interesting to watch them. Um, and I'm pretty pretty amazed at, at how they just break teams down uh, night in and night out. Right. And from your vantage point, having been someone that was drafted by the Knicks, you played there, you're born in White Plains, you know what the fandom is like. You know what it's like in New York City when this team is good and when this team is not good. What's it like seeing them at this point right now? You know what? I I feel bad. I think it's good. Put it this way. I think it's good that this young team didn't have fans at the beginning. But now I can't wait for that for Madison Square Garden to be packed for them. I think they deserve it. Um, you know, there's a nice mix of young guys and vets. I think they need to experience that. I think they need to see, they're starting to see some people in there. You know, I think I saw Chris Rock and some other, you know, super uber famous people, some Mm A-listers there, but I want them to feel the vibe, to feel like what Madison Square Gardens when, when it's rocking, they, you know, I want to see them in the playoffs. Uh, hopefully they get to pack it out a little bit. And, and, uh, man, when the Knicks are good, it's good for the NBA. Um, and the style of play that the Knicks play is, I think, is going to translate to the playoffs pretty well. Yeah. What was it like in the garden when you were there playing? Ooh, I don't know. Dumpster <laughs> fire some nights and other nights really nice. I mean, to be honest, we're just, you know, and I still talk to Zeke to this day. And, and we understood what he was trying to do as the GM and putting our team together. It just didn't mesh. Um, when we had Larry Brown, my rookie year. We won some games, but then it was just so much turnover. I think we had the most starting lineups in the history of basketball, which is a crazy number. Um, Just guys weren't on the same page about what it took to win. And then when Zeke took over, it was just the communication wasn't there between him and, uh, you know, the star players and what was expected. And um, so for me, we've had some really fun games there. We've had some games where Kobe came in and just gave us, I think, 63 and we we're all like, thank God it wasn't 81. So, you know, yeah. but regardless, every <laughs> night in the garden is a show. And, um, you know, to be able to play there and say I was a Nick is, is pretty big for me in my book. Yeah, well, I'm a Toronto Raptors fan, so I know what the 81 feels like. Um, I also know what a championship feels like, just like you. And you won one with LeBron James. What's something uh, that would surprise us about LeBron? Um, I don't know, man. What's crazy now that I'm on this side is like, He's such an open book. It's it's. I don't know if we've ever been that accessible to a mega superstar like that, right? You know what he thinks. He's not afraid of being political. He shows you his whole family. There's not a lot of privacy there. Um, I would say Braun is a big goofball, though. Like, he, as serious as he is, he's a big goofball. Like, he just wants to be around his teammates. Um, you know, like I say, he's one of the best teammates I've been around. Um, just what he does, his commitment to each and every game um, and his commitment to winning championships is there's a reason why people want to play with him. I could see that. I mean, even having never met him before, but seeing him in train wreck, he seemed like a oh, very likable yeah, yeah, type, yeah. Of, type of guy. Like not a lot yeah. of NBA players do that kind of stuff. No, no um, you can't take yourself too seriously. I think he he's pretty funny. We told him that movie sucked, but it was actually funnier than <laughs> yeah, he did. I thought he did a pretty good job. Yeah, he did a good job, now but I'm not telling him that. 
Yeah, no, no, I can't get, can't let it go to his head. He already, no. he already has enough, already has enough praise up there. Um, now he said, you mentioned this uh, just a couple minutes ago, but the idea that, you know, the NBA is better when the Knicks are winning. That's something that LeBron said. What do you think it would have been like had LeBron chosen New York over LA? Man, I don't even know. It would have been pandemonium. Pandemonium. I think, um, you know, it, it, the Knicks are like a, are a powerhouse, right? Regardless of how bad they are. Um, it's, you just go, the garden is, is electric. It is literally the greatest place uh, to play and people always show out. You're going to get the best, right? Somebody's coming in there with their best. Um, you have a good game in Madison Square Garden and, and you could move up some steps, right? And I think mm. each player, each star, each all-star has had a big game in the garden because it means that much to them, right? You just, you get up for those games. What do you think of LeBron's criticism of the play-in tournament? I think, you know what? I think he's, <laughs> I think especially this year, um, a lot of guys don't like it. Um, 72 games is a long time. And then to add two games um, on top of that is, is kind of poopy, right? But for me, it's just yeah. like, Sometimes it's not about your feelings. It's about, I've been on a team that's won 48 games and we didn't make the playoffs. I would have loved to have a chance uh, to play two games to make it, right, against the teams that were above us. Mm -hmm. um, but I could see where a lot of the guys like Luca or LeBron are not fans of it because they're exhausted. It's been a crazy schedule this year. And now you look at the Lakers and Dennis Schroeder is not playing for 10 to 14 days so they're like, man, we're like, one of those two games, if someone gets hurt, their championship is over. So they'd rather just be the seventh seed and play the two seed, Utah, and be over with. I don't think they're afraid to play anybody on the road. And I, don't, I know LeBron, and he doesn't care if he's one through eight. At the end of the day, you got to win a game on the road to win a series anyways. Right, yeah, it is a very interesting situation, yeah. as you mentioned. If you're a team trying to claw your way in, this is a great opportunity. But if you're a championship team trying to hang on, yeah. it could really sort of spell the end yeah. of everything for you. For um, sure. We have a whole lot more we want to get to with Channing Fry here on the program, including what he's doing now that also includes some wine. You'll have to stay tuned to find out more on Drinks With Thinks. Don't go anywhere. Hey guys, welcome back to Drinks With Thinks. I'm JSB, and we are sipping on some tea and coffee with former NBA champion Channing Frye. And we have known that your career has gone all over. You've accomplished so much. If you could pick one team, one season to go back to, I feel like I'm actually, I felt like I was Eminem being like, if you had one chance, <laughs> one opportunity, where would you go back to in your life and relive over again? Whew. Uh, I would probably say 2010. We, uh, I was playing for the Phoenix Suns, and we went to Western Conference Finals, and we lost to the Lakers. And I feel like if I know what I know now, I would have appreciated it even more. But I was young. You know, I think it was my fifth year in the league, and I was just like, you know, bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Um, but the fact that we beat the Trailblazers, we swept the Spurs, and then we end up losing to Lakers. Um, I don't know if I would have changed anything, but I think I would have taken more pictures and uh, mm -hmm. kind of just relished the moment, right? I was really young and um, 
it, it's tough. I've only been to the conference finals three times in my career, um, once with the Suns and twice with the with the Cavs. So, um, dude, it's 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 hard to win. It's hard to win, and uh, that commitment is an everyday thing to get there. And even then, sometimes you just got bad luck. So. Yeah, well, I'm surprised you didn't say your championship season. Well, we already – that season is perfect. So, uh, we're going to keep that one. I'm not going to go back and mess that up. Yeah, I don't want – it's like back to the future. You don't want to, like, go back and mess, mess no, something no, no. up. No, no, We're going to leave that one alone. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to leave that one alone. <laughs> well, since you've retired, you've been – we mentioned that you uh, have been working on a number of different projects, and you've gotten the opportunity to work – uh, alongside some of the, the greats on Inside the NBA with Shaq and Charles Barkley. What's sort of like a pre-show meeting like with some of those big personalities? So I'm around there a lot. It's all in the same studio, NBA TV and, and uh, TNT inside, you know, inside the NBA. And so those guys are just joking around the whole time, arguing. So we stay at the same hotel. I do NBA TV. They do their thing. So I see them actually a lot. Um, and Shaq, you know, obviously we played against each other. Charles played for Phoenix, where I lived in Phoenix. Um, and I've seen Kenny and Ernie a lot. So it's just jokes. And then it, you know, somebody has an opinion. And then immediately you get like three other opinions. And then it just turns into an argument. And that goes on to TV. So how they are on TV is how they are in the back. And so it's fun. And being able to to sit at that table was pretty amazing. It was a pretty big honor for me. And, uh, you know, eventually that would be an awesome job, right? But you never know what might happen. So until then, you just got to keep watching hoops and being you. Yeah, keep working hard. And it is great. Their personalities are, are something in the show that I think a lot of other sports and shows are trying to emulate now, right? Because it brings in the casual viewer. It brings in people that that – that are, um, you know, just attracted to hearing yeah. people talk about sports in that way, where it's not just sort of X's and O's, but it also is infused with a little bit of jokes along the way. Um, totally, totally. Yeah. Yeah. And for, and so you have the, the TV side of your career, but you also have, as we mentioned, um, your wine label. It seems as though a lot of NBA guys are getting into the wine industry what right. drew you to being able to, to want in to do this? And why do you think it's become such a big thing with the hoops players? I think wine, first of all, I think wine is just in general, it's a cerebral drink, right? It's something that you can look at the label. You can understand the year, the, the region, the terroir, the, the winemaker. Like, I think basketball players are always um, pushing themselves in, in directions that, are businessmen like I think you know mm -hmm. back in the day guys were drinking you know hard liquor right and beer and then nowadays we're so accessible what I've noticed is when guys go talk to people from Silicon Valley or when they go do business deals they're sitting with like you know fortune 500 guys who are ordering yeah. you know Ruton Rothschilds or they're ordering Opus Ones and so guys start to watch and learn and all of a sudden you know, when they would go around their teammates, they would bring their own like suitcases full of wine. And for my journey, it was just like, I live in Oregon, I'm around wine country and I've never had a bad time wine tasting. It's impossible. Um, and so I had the opportunity to start my business, chosen family. Um, and I've just been a fan of different winemakers. And so what we do is uh, we find really good winemakers and uh, we create our own little collaboration. So we've come out 
uh, with four wines so far, one rosé, two pinots, and a Chardonnay. Nice. And uh, we have, I think, four or five more coming out this year. Uh, we have a Walla Walla Syrah coming out, uh, which is delicious. We have another rosé, a Chardonnay rosé. Uh, we have a Sonoma Coast Pinot Noir coming out. Uh, so we have a lot of things. So it's been a lot of fun to learn and to grow in this industry and to, um, you know, I think there's only 72, 70 uh, Black-owned wineries in, in, America, in the world, I think, in America. Yeah. Uh, so for me and C.J. McCollum to be two in Oregon is pretty amazing, yeah. uh, especially being under 40. So just, you know, that, that part of the business is also uh, pretty awesome, just trying to uh, bring some bring some color to it and, and bring a different perspective, but also uh, be humble and be a fan. So, you know, br bringing out a, a, a wine label in COVID times is tough. And so we're adjusting. Yeah. So we're uh, 100% e-commerce brand. So we don't have a tasting room. We don't have a, a specific vineyard, uh, but we're in the process of getting all these things. It's kind of pointless to do it now if people can't even gather indoors in Oregon. So, you know, we're just holding that holding that in our pocket. I mean, it's got to feel great for you to be able to get the whole family involved. COVID aside, getting yeah. into a new business and something completely different from hoops that that you're, you're able to sort of really put your own mark on. For sure. I think uh, for me, wine is a connector. I think, um, you know, I value people's time and, you know, being able, we're all busy, but being able to sit and share a meal with someone, um, I feel like wine is very selfless. Right. When you go to a store and you're going over to someone's house, my thing is like, OK, what are they going to like? Right? I don't think about what I like. I think, what are they going to love? Right. What story do I know this person? Like, do I know this producer? Like, what's their story? Um, and, and how can I share that with them? How can we talk about it? Um, I also feel like wine is not divisive. Like I could love a wine and you can hate it, but we're both right. Right. And I, mm -hmm. at the end of the day, those type of conversations are the ones that I really have fallen in love with. Um, you know, I love a good argument, but, you know, being divisive and being like, you know, my way is the right way is not really my jam. Um, I'm always trying to become a better person. I think I've had some really great conversations over some amazing bottles of wine. Uh, just different people's perspective and, and stuff that's going on within their world. Definitely. And that's Chosen Family Wines. We have a whole lot more to come with Channing Fry on the other side, including uh, maybe we might play a game of Nickname Generator. You'll have to see what we're talking right. about when we return after this. Hey guys, welcome back to Drinks with Thinks. I'm JSB. I'm so thrilled to be joined by Channing Fry, former NBA champion. We're sipping on a little tea and coffee, and I could get into some lyrics from a song that I love that includes both of these, but I won't, just so that we don't lose all our money on Fubo. But we are going to play an amazing game of Nickname Generator. And the reason why we're playing this is because Channing recently explained that his Nickname now you've chosen is Buffet of Goodness, which at first I thought was like, well, isn't that just what a buffet is good? And then I realized, no, I've been to many bad buffets. So Buffet Ooh, of yes. Goodness is correct in that you have just a little, you know, little bits of everything here and there. And I think that's a great it's a, it's a great nickname. So we wanted to have you help us recreate and come up with some new and improved 
maybe suggestions for nicknames of guys in the NBA who already have nicknames, but I think maybe we could help them out. You ready? Got it. Yep. All right, let's go. First up, LeBron's known as the King or Bron Bron, but what could be his new and improved nickname? I would say that like the Godfather, probably. That guy Ooh. watches that movie, he reads the book, He's obsessed with it. So I'd probably say the Godfather. I like that. And he just has that vibe, right? Of just kind of owning and controlling everything. Yeah. Okay, the Godfather. Uh, Next up, Luka Doncic is known as El Matador, Cool Hand Luka. What nickname would you give him? Uh, My co-host on some of the game thing called Luka the Don. Luka the Don. Yeah, Luka the Don, man. He's, He's out there wheeling and dealing every game. You know, he's doing it by himself. He's just like, you know, again, he's just, again, the mob theme, mob boss, mob Yeah, theme. yeah, we're just saying, he yeah, Godfather theme. He's not Italian, yeah. but he talks with his hands a lot. The NBA is just like the Godfather. Okay, I'm exactly, getting I'm getting exactly. into this. Getting and in here. hockey, nicknames aren't as exciting. It's usually just your yeah. last name with Y. Like, you know, uh, if your last name was Stewart, it would be Stewie. So these are way more interesting. Okay, yeah. next up we have uh, Nikola Jokic, the Joker, Big Honey, Cookie Ooh. Monster, Yoke. What nickname would you give him? The Stay Puff Marshmallow Man. <laughs> he looks squishy, but he's destroying cities. <laughs> Boom! That is yes. awesome. I feel like you had that one just ready to rock. You've been thinking yeah, about it for a while. Sometimes you're just a genius. No, no, no. If you look at how at- athletic the league is, and he dominates, and he wouldn't be, he's athletic. He's more athletic than people give him credit for, even myself. But he's just been dominating the league this year. He's just so smart. So, like, the State Puff Marshmallow man, you know, looks squishy, but he's, like, really, really dangerous. Do you think he should win MVP? But Easily, yes. And he hasn't missed a game yet, and it's just, like, what he's doing, I don't know if another big man will be, it will be able to do that other than him. Like, if you watch him play, you're going to learn basketball. It's pretty awesome. Okay. Well, I on that note, I think I'm going to watch him play. And I'm going to learn some basketball. And I've learned a lot from you here on oh, this edition you. of Nickname Generator with Channing Fry. It has been a pleasure. We came up with a million nicknames. So we got to trademark those. Mm-hmm. And we have a whole lot more on Drinks with Banks. Don't go anywhere. We've got Channing Fry, former NBA champion, on the other side. Stick with us. Subscribe to the Fubo Sports YouTube page for clips and full episodes. Follow us at Fubo Sports on all social media channels. Also available in podcast form wherever you find your favorite pods. Well, guys, we've had an awesome time drinking and banking here with former NBA champion Channing Fry. And Channing, where can we find you next? You know what? I'm a little bit everywhere. So uh, once a week, I'm on NBC Northwest uh, talking Blazers. And then once a week, I have another podcast, Road Tripping. Uh, those are on all your platforms, Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, all that. Um, and then I'm on random days on NBA TV. Um, like, I mean, I think I go on tomorrow night, <laughs> right? And then I go on <laughs> Friday. Um, but yeah, and then other than that, like for the wine, for Chosen Family, there's only one place you can get it, um, and that's online. And ChosenFamilyWines.com. Uh, you can follow that on Instagram. Write us an email at cheers at chosenfamilywines.com. 
Um, but yeah, that's that's about it, man. Other than that, Channing Fry, you know, on Instagram and Twitter. Awesome. I'm, I'm there getting in arguments all the time. <laughs> <laughs> getting in arguments and creating some awesome content. And before you go very quickly, who are we going to see in the NBA Finals this year? Uh, I, I got to say Nets and Lakers. It's just that's the easy oh. pick, but. Okay. I just think the Lakers are going to be able to turn it on in the playoffs and just kind of cruising through the regular season now. So LeBron should not have to worry about these bullshit play-in games. Ah, it's below no, he him. Will be fine. He's the yeah, godfather. The godfather, for sure. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Channing, for your time here on the show today. We will be locked and loaded into all of your content and beyond. And guys, you know where you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and of course, all of our episodes on YouTube at Fubo Sports. Make sure you watch those. And until next time, bottoms up, bitches. <laughs> this is the story of The One. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.